Next on BYU Sports Nation, why the depth of BYU football straight up deserves more credit after 10 games. BYU quarterbacks coach Jason Beck knows a thing or two about the next man up philosophy. He'll join us live to preview BYU Senior Day. Plus, the voice of Fresno State Bulldogs football, Paul Leffler and Corbin Kafusi as the leading scorer for BYU. Big deal, no deal. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, here are your hosts, Spencer Linton, and a man who does backflips over rainbow sprinkles, Jason Shepard. Oh, baby. Already one of my favorite opens to the show. BYU Sports Nation, live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, November 18th, wherever. However you have chosen to dial in, glad to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with I Heart Rainbow Sprinkles, <laughs> Jason Shepard. Yeah, I don't think this made it on air yesterday, but we were, we were talking about donuts uh, with okay. Matt Townsend. We do a hit with Matt Townsend on BYU Radio before, and talking about donuts. And I happen to mention my favorite is a cake donut. With the, with the frosting, and then I, I enjoy sprinkles. And then I decided to take it a step further and announce that I enjoy the rainbow sprinkles. We have enlightened a junior high class. They were in studio like seven minutes ago, and now we have addressed rainbow sprinkles mm-hmm. on cake donuts and had a conversation about makeup requirements for those in TV. They're all traumatized now and are sprinting from the building. They also think, <laughs> if this is all I have to prepare for to be on TV, I'm in good shape. I'm so I am so I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to all of you. <laughs> oh, this is a sports show. We're going to talk about sports, notably football, but I have some trivia, Jason. Mm, please. Can you remember the last win BYU had against Fresno State this weekend's opponent? Off the top of my head, I do not. Okay. Got to go all the way back to 1995. Granted, they haven't played that many times. Four and five. BYU is four and five against Fresno State all time, but the last win BYU had against Fresno was in 1995. Steve Sarkeesian was the quarterback at BYU. The Cougars finished seven and four and did not go to a bowl game. What? Seven and four and no. Wait a minute. That's, do you remember when that happened? I, I do. I had forgotten. That was, that was Sarkeesian's first year as quarterback at BYU. That was before the 96 year. We are facing a situation this year where I cannot see a 5-7 and seven team not getting into a bowl game. There will not be enough 6-win teams in college oh, football. Yeah. That there's going to be a 6-7 and seven team or a 5-7 and seven team that makes it to a bowl game. Well, there was probably about a fourth of the bowls total back in 95 that we're dealing with today. And I kind of miss that, to be honest with you. I, I do, too. I kind of miss it. It needs to be an actual reward, not just something that happens. Like, I like going, I like six wins, gets you to a bowl game, and like, yay, we're going to go to a bowl game. But I, I missed that a 7-4 and four and finishing in a three-way tie for first place in the WAC did not get you a That's bowl crazy. game. That's crazy. 20 years ago. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. After appealing to the football officials governing body, CFO West, BYU senior linebacker Sai Tautu will be suspended for the first half of this week's game against Fresno State, despite the fact that the review (laughs) revealed that the initial call was incorrect. Wait a second. So the call was wrong, but you can't overturn it? Oh, we're going to get into this one. (laughs) Why is there a governing body again? Whatever. Lene Lesatele will get the start at wheel linebacker for BYU. Yeah, this this is a very bizarre... 
reasoning, and, and we'll get to the reasoning behind it. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things. Yeah, the correct call was not made, but we're going to go ahead and still suspend you for the first half. Get out of here! I know. Senior defensive lineman Logan Taele is eligible to return for another season if he wants to come back. Taele did not play in 2012, allowing for the extra year. Come on back, Logan. I mean, of course, it's up to you, but why, why would you not? Exactly. Why would you not want some depth? Ooh, I like the I like this. On I like the where defensive this is going. Line. Yeah, senior guard Kyle Collinsworth named to the Wooden Award preseason top fifty. The Wooden Award given to the college basketball annual best player. Congratulations, Kyle Collinsworth. This happened at the very end of the show yesterday. I'm not, are we surprised? No, nope. nope. absolutely not. Nope. Also, Alexa Gray was named the Sports Imports AVCA National Player of the Week after leading the BYU women's volleyball team to a 2-0 road trip, which also included, these numbers are just insane, a 30-kill, 32-dig performance against Portland. First time it's ever happened at BYU. Hey, listen, listen, if you're not familiar with volleyball statistics, and maybe you are with like football or basketball, a 30-kill, 32-dig performance is like a 30-point, 20-rebound performance in basketball or like a 20-tackle, three-interception performance for a defender in football. It's rare. It's unbelievable. Now, there, there, have, there have been people that have obviously gotten 30-plus kills and 30-plus and digs in different games. But for BYU, it has never happened that that player has got both in the same match. Yeah, well-deserved National Player of the Week. Forget West Coast Conference Player of the Week, which she did. National Player of the Week for Alexa Gray. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Measuring depth. A lot of teams at this time of the year uh, are taking steps backwards because they're breaking in a lot of new people. So as much as you'd like to continue to get better, you know, sometimes you're starting new with a new guy, and uh, ooh, now you are back to square one. Offensive coordinator Robert and I addressing how depth can be frustrating at times for college football teams and coaches, bringing up a good point. I don't think he's using it as an excuse, just bringing up that it is a challenge, and Kelly Papinga is facing quite a challenge as the linebackers, outside linebackers coach this week. Uh, yeah, we're, we're really thin at, at that spot. Really, that leaves me now with two guys out of the ten that I started fall camp with. So uh, a lot of injuries and then, you know, suspension with Sione and Alisai. So just uh, got to make do with what you got. Again, I can't tell you how many times over the course of this season, and especially last season, ugh, like ad nauseum, where I've heard from somebody one way or another, whether in the media or from a fan or from just a colleague, BYU football has depth issues, Spencer. And that brings us to our Twitter question today, Jason. How much of a concern is the depth for BYU football right now? First tweet coming in from Why Fangirl says it depends on the position, but as a whole, yes, it's always a concern. We aren't Ohio State. No, BYU is not Ohio State. I get that. But who is Ohio State? They have the longest win streak in America right now. They're the defending national champions. They are the exception right now, right? Absolutely. There's no, and here's the thing about depth. Every team needs it, but no coach wants to use it. They, the only time they want to use it is when it's a luxury, not when it's a necessity. And BYU has had to deal with 
with using its depth because of a necessity, as Coach Papinga talked about, with injuries, with suspensions. Coaches love depth when they can use it as a luxury, and it adds to the overall performance of your team. Is it a concern? Yes. Has it been tested for BYU? Yes. Am I buying it as the reason that BYU has lost some games? Not really. Not buying it. That ship has sailed, returned, docked, and then sailed again for me. Okay, given that BYU's gone through the injuries that they have over the last two seasons, yes, it's been tested. But seven and three teams, Jason, are not seriously lacking in depth. I'm just not buying it. The only game, and this turned out to be a win, okay? So it's not something that cost BYU a game. The only time that I can I can look at and see that there was a significant drop-off because the depth was relied on was the offensive line at San Jose State. That's a fair point. That That's the one game that I look at and say, okay. I mean, and, and we were talking about this before the show. In that game, you had one starter that had played you know, with, with that group. So the rest were, were guys that were filling in for someone else. It was Brad Wilcox, and he wasn't even at his original position, exactly. by the way. He was moved around. I mean, you didn't have Tijon Caroma, your, your leader on that offensive no line. No Lapuajo, no and, and Kyle Johnson. The offensive line in that game, you could tell, was struggling. And the running game, because of that, suffered. So outside of that, I don't look at any of the other games that BYU lost and say, well, they lost that game because they had to rely on depth. Now, this conversation doesn't make the loss to Missouri any less frustrating. Certainly, that one is hair-pulling. It's like, why? Teeth grinder. But it's time we stop using depth as the crutch or an excuse. BYU didn't lose to Missouri because they had a lack of depth. They lost because they had some seriously untimely and costly penalties and because Missouri dominated time of possession, Jason. Missouri didn't dominate time of possession because BYU had a lack of depth. They couldn't get out the field. 40 minutes, basically, to BYU's 20 minutes. People say, well, BYU couldn't run the ball effectively against Missouri. They had the ball 20 minutes. They, if I believe... And, and this is a guesstimate. I, I believe it was roughly 20 to 25 fewer plays that BYU was able to run, then they're used to running on offense. You want more rushing yards? <laughs> run more plays. And yes, San Jose State absolutely is a glaring mark that BYU's offensive line was not at the depth where they would like it. But tell me another game or instance where BYU's lack of depth was the main reason they really struggled. And I'll defend that that argument has no solid base. Well, see, you and I were having this discussion. You brought up a great point because I think a lot of people will look back on the UCLA game and say, well, BYU didn't have Travis Tuiloma, but that game was interesting because not only did BYU not have Tuiloma there at the, at the nose tackle, but they went with a completely different defensive scheme to a certain extent. They ran one down lineman at times with like six linebackers. One of them was a defensive back, Michael Shelton. It was just there was so a I reason don't think that, that was depth yes. related. No, there was a reason that Rosen was entirely confused. <laughs> like I don't know what BYU was running. I've never seen this. He threw three interceptions because Bronco schemed against that. And Paul Perkins, one of the Pac-12's best running backs, well, they figured it out. UCLA figured out how to beat 
a really good scheme from Bronco. Well, Mendenhall. when you've only when when your initial is one down lineman, I mean you're gonna you're gonna get something early on, especially if you're as great of a running back as as Perkins is. Okay, so I'm gonna name a position group, Jason, for you, and you tell me if BYU's depth has withstood the test this year. Quarterback. Oh, one hundred percent A plus. By the way, <laughs> running back. Yeah, they've withstood it. They've not had great rushing performances, but they've withstood it. Has it been good enough? Has has it cost BYU a game? No, I just don't. I don't uh, think that a running back has cost BYU a game. Oh, man, see, Missouri. I think they could have run the ball better. Um, but but again, we're we're talking about going up against one of the best defenses in the country. Number of plays, BYU had I, I point, get it. I point get three it. yards per rush less than Missouri. I, 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 I totally understand it. But so overall, yes, they've withstood the issues. Okay. Linebacker. Has BYU <laughs> been tested at depth at linebacker? They certainly have been tested <laughs> at linebacker. Ask Kelly Papinga. Yeah. The, the, the best part of that whole quote was the kind of the chuckle at the very end. Because it's like, you know, what am I going to do? Next man up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they've withstood that. They've, they've dealt with injuries. They've dealt with suspensions. And BYU... Always has good linebacker play. They've always got guys waiting in the wing that can help. BYU is a position that historically has been very good, and and I think that that this year has has not been any different. Okay, again, losses frustrating. One point loss to UCLA. Oh, the loss at Missouri last Saturday. Oh, but that's not what this conversation is about. This is about. Is BYU losing games because they have depth issues? I think that is an overrated topic. I think it's way, way too overused. One glaring account. And BYU won that game against San Jose State with one starter on the offensive line. Okay, so I think BYU deserves more credit with a 7-3 and record for having depth and for standing up to injuries and suspensions. I think that the Cougars should be... Oh, awarded something, they should be praised to a degree for what they have done. Not an excuse for how, for losing games, just I'm not buying that depth is a major issue. Well, and Bronco has been very outspoken, especially over the last two to three years, on just how important recruiting that depth is. Bronco knows that his starters, you know, B- BYU starters are fine. BYU starters, and I don't mean fine, meaning that they're average. I mean they're they're in good position. They're in good shape. He knows that for BYU to take that next step, they have to have depth behind those guys so that if they have to rely on them, that the level of play doesn't drop. And I think for the most part, BYU has done a very good job at recruiting those players that when called upon can step in. And I think that goes to what we're talking about now. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Seven BYU players have started all ten games. Seven. Bronson Kafusi, Michael Davis, Micah Hanneman, Fred Warner, Devon Blackman, Mitch Matthews, Brad Wilcox. Only seven of the starting game 22 have started every game. This is becoming the norm for a lot of teams in college football because of how physical, demanding, and violent the game is. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. How much of a concern is the depth for BYU football right now? At Big Y Fan says... 
The depth is very good, in my opinion. Losing Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams and still having a chance for 10 wins is amazing. I shared the same perspective. Frustrating, hurt, hurtful loss on Saturday. But look what they have been able to do. Seven and three. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we join the voice of the Fresno State Bulldogs, Paul Leffler. What does he remember about the old BYU-Fresno State matchup? And what does he expect this Saturday? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use that hashtag. BYUSN. It's BYU football on BYU TV this Saturday as BYU hosts Fresno State in the final home game of the season. It's senior day. BYU TV's coverage begins at 2 p.m. Eastern time with countdown to kickoff with this guy over here, Spencer Linton, alongside David Nixon and Brian Logan. Then at 3 Eastern, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler will have the call of the game live on BYU TV. Following that, it will be followed by the post-game show. It all begins Saturday, 2 Eastern, with countdown to kickoff. Our Twitter question today, how much of a concern is the depth for BYU football right now at Mama Lindstro tweets in not that much more on groups of personnel that have best chemistry together for optimal results if you want to hear what Jason and I think about it download the podcast full conversation in that opening segment about BYU's depth and why I think it deserves more props joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is the voice of the Fresno State Bulldogs, Paul Leffler. Paul, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I, you know, I, I follow you all year long. It's nice when you're out on the road doing games different places and pick you guys up on satellite radio or, or on the tube. And you guys do a real good job, so it's a pleasure to be with you. I appreciate you saying that, and for that, we will invite you again on the show at a future date. <laughs> meant it. it. It's the truth. You got, and, and it's nice because, you know, you, you get start to finish and, and real thorough coverage. And I feel like I know the Cougars from the season they've had and the schedule they've played and your guys' coverage. So uh, I, I think I'm a little better prepared for this matchup Saturday than I might otherwise be. Well, you're welcome, Paul. And on that note, what what is your earliest memory of BYU football? Ooh, wow. That's a good one. You know, I'd, I'd probably go back. I'm, I'm a little young for the Gifford-Nielsen days, uh, but Steve Young I definitely remember, and McMahon. And, you know, Coach DeRuiter for Fresno State was just talking the other day that he played as an Air Force sophomore in the first game where it was Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and uh, and Steve Young and the Cougars scored late to take a touchdown lead, but Air Force drove 99 yards, went for two in the win, and got it. Oh. So that's his Lavelle Edwards Stadium christening moment. <laughs> how is this BYU team viewed by Fresno State? How, how are they looking at this game? You know, I think Coach Streeter has a lot of respect for the Cougars, certainly for Bronco Mendenhall, and you know, my discussions with him have centered around the talent that the Cougars have. I, I think he realizes this is every bit as big a challenge on senior day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium uh, as he faced taking this team to SEC country and battling the Ole Miss Rebels. And I think he takes this matchup very seriously. You know, he mentioned Kafusi on the defensive line. You know, I, I've watched your guys' season. And, you know, Kainaku is a great playmaker in the secondary. I, I think he knows some of the personnel. He's impressed with Tanner Mangum at quarterback and 
and the way he stepped right into that opener for Taysom. Uh, I, I think he has a lot of respect for what BYU does, how physical the Cougars can play, and how much his Bulldogs need to be at their very best if they want to have a chance to steal a win on the road. Let's talk about the Fresno State Bulldogs now as we are joined with Paul Leffler, voice of the Fresno State Bulldogs. Paul, obviously there have been issues for Fresno State on the field. They are coming off probably their best performance of the season that included six touchdown passes, which ties an FBS high this season. But what, what has been the biggest issue for the Bulldogs this year on the field? Ooh, there have been a lot of them. Uh, biggest, I guess, if you could boil it down, would probably be consistency. I mean, this team has been consistently inconsistent, and uh, it's not just execution, it's personnel. I mean, they've gone through four quarterbacks, and they're back where they started now with Zach Greenlee, and I'm sure there's some shoulda, coulda, wouldas if, you know, if Greenlee had been the guy from the get-go, had been able to stay in the lineup, maybe things would be a little different. And then you say, well, he played his best game against the worst team in the conference, so how much can you really read into that? And he played his worst game against uh, the best team in the conference in San Diego State. So there's got to be some middle ground somewhere. And who is the real Zach Greenlee? What's he really capable of? And if this team can find some kind of rhythm or consistency, could you see a quantum leap forward? It would be a quantum leap for this team to come in and go toe-to-toe with BYU because really the Bulldogs haven't played close to anybody this year other than their three victories. Um, It's been a struggle on both sides of the ball, and those have compounded each other. The offense's inability to get first downs and sustain drives has left the defense on the field for interminable stretches that, you know, you've had games where it's 43, 44 minutes of possession for the other team, it's really hard to win a game like that. Paul, you referenced Fresno State using four QBs and inconsistency uh, for the team perspective, but from the quarterback position specifically, why has that position not been able to get going? Well, injuries are part of it. To start the year, I think there's a little indecision. They had Greenlee returning. They didn't have anyone with a ton of experience, but he had more than the other guys. So they make him the opening day starter. But say going in, the true freshman, Chase and Virgil, is going to play. So that was the scenario the first two games, and that's how it unfolded. And they felt that Virgil played better at Ole Miss and deserved a chance to start against Utah. So they host the Utes, big opportunity game at Bulldog Stadium. Virgil starts, true freshman from Texas who had gotten here early and played in the spring. And he plays decent, but they're behind big. He gets injured at the start of uh, the fourth quarter. They bring in Greenlee. He rallies the team, throws three touchdown passes, and you're saying, okay, well, maybe he's going to start next week. And he would have, except a few hours after that game, he got himself arrested for underage drinking. So uh, then there's that scenario. He's suspended for a game. They start Ford Childress, who had been at West Virginia, was at a JC last year, and was making his Bulldog debut. He goes start to finish at San, uh, San Jose State and plays decent, but they got pounded. They get home from the bus. He can't get off the bus. They realize he has internal injuries that required surgery, and he's done for the year. So two of the top three quarterbacks were out after the conference opener. They come back to Greenlee for San Diego State. The offense went 0 for 12 on third down in that game. So then you have questions about Greenlee. You end up turning to a redshirt freshman, Kilton Anderson. He had some moments, led him to a come-from-behind win over UNLV. But ultimately, they turn back to Greenlee for this Hawaii game. He plays his best game ever, and now he'll start against the Cougars. Well, you could put together a serious book and drama about the season that (laughs) Fresno State has gone through. I imagine your play-by-play boards are like scramming for a test every week. 
Yeah, they've they've been a little cluttered this year, and <laughs> and you know you could you look at you guys in contrast, and at the Cougars, and I thought Taysom Hill. I'm, I vote for the Heisman every year, and I've had him on my radar for a while. I thought he was going to be one of the top three candidates this year for the Heisman. It was so heartbreaking to see him go down in that opener, but to have Mangan step in right there, and Tanner's done an incredible job this season. I, I think. It, the way it worked out for BYU is probably better than Fresno State to know from the opener that here's your guy the rest of the way as opposed to the, the carousel and the roller coaster ride that the Bulldogs have been on. The voice of the Fresno State Bulldogs, Paul Leffler, with us on BYU Sports Nation making his show debut. Who is the best player right now on Fresno State's team? I'd have to go with Adro Edirine, although yeah, I'll tell you, I think the team MVP is the punter Garrett Swanson. He has been as consistent as anybody. He's done a tremendous job game in, game out. Rarely are his punts returned. He's done a phenomenal job from start to finish. But uh, Adrian Arane on the defensive side of the ball, a three-year starter, a guy who played hurt last year, had two shoulders that required surgery after the season, but he fought through that, and he's become a better player because of it. Uh, He's always a threat to be in the backfield disrupting things. Picked off his second pass of the year last year. He's on pace to set the career Mountain West record for tackles for loss, and he's one of only seven players in school history with 20 sacks. He's got great speed off the edge. He's the, the vocal leader of the defense. And, you know, if there's one guy who's been a game changer, if you could say that on this team this year, it's probably number 31 on defense, Adro Adirine. Paul, you referenced sacks, and that's one thing that this Bulldog defense has been very good at. 27 sacks this season, 22nd in the country. Um, How do you believe that this Bulldog defense stacks up against BYU's offense, specifically the offensive line? You know, that'll tell a big part of the story, and that's been the disappointing thing, I think, for Fresno State this year, is that the Bulldogs have been dominated at the line of scrimmage by schools that they used to do that to, schools like San Jose State, schools like Utah State. And, you know, playing that 3-4 front, if you don't have that real size at nose guard or in that defensive line, Sometimes you get shoved around a little bit, and we've seen that. Even Air Force, with an undersized line, shoved the dogs around at the line of scrimmage. Um, So I think I'd have to give the edge to the Cougars. And what really scares me from a Fresno State perspective about the BYU offense uh, is those outside receivers. I mean, I've watched the plays all year that Mitch Matthews has made, and and then you have Kurtz and Houck out there, and all those guys are giants compared to anybody in the Fresno State secondary. And, you know, I, I think that's a challenge. If I'm Fresno State, I'm challenging those DBs to make a play and find a way because on paper it looks like a mismatch, and sometimes if you know that's the strategy, you can find a way to, to turn that upside down and take advantage. And to me, that's one of the only hopes for Fresno State in this game is to force some turnovers and probably to get some takeaways in the passing game. Paul, with that Heisman vote, who gets your number one nod today? You know, I'm actually part of the thing that we sign as voters is not to uh, not to disclose that. So I, you know, I know some people do, but they're technically they're breaking the rules, so I'm not <laughs> supposed to say that. But you know, I've been following it, and and my philosophy on it, everybody's different. Uh, my thing is to take the whole season at the end of the year and to keep tabs on it, but not get too worked up in the rankings week to week because at the end of the year that may give you a little bias toward who really deserves it. So I try to wait till every single game, even Army and Navy, and maybe Keenan Reynolds is in that discussion. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, 
wait for every single game and then make that determination. But, you know, I have no qualms saying that, that Taysom Hill would have been right up there with the season I think he was ready for. And, and the start he was off to in that game, man, I was watching him saying, yeah, this is the guy I thought he was. And uh, it sure sounds like and he's been a big part of what the Cougars have done this year anyway. But it's so tough to see a young man so talented and so well put together and so poised for a super season have it evaporate in that opener. Now let me ask you this in closing. Who's the guy that deserves more Heisman credit that isn't getting it? Is it Keenan Reynolds of Navy? Yeah, that's probably a good one because who means more to his team? I mean, if you look at them, they're probably, if they don't slip up down the stretch, they're going to be in one of the access bowls. And the one loss they had was the game where he got hurt. Um, I mean, if you're, if you're talking about value to a team and a difference maker on the field, you take Henry away from Alabama, I think the Crimson Tide probably still has the same record. Uh, I don't, Fournette, you take him away from LSU, and I don't know. I mean, that might be a bigger uh, chasm there. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I think Keenan Reynolds is a guy who means as much to his team as anybody. And, uh, you know, you're not supposed to consider other factors, but when you think about what he's prepared to do to our country, I can't help uh, but give you a little more respect for the guy, too. Paul, great to have you on the show, man. We'll uh, see you on Saturday afternoon. Get some sun out for us, boys. You got it. We'll, we'll work on that. Paul Leffler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. 46 degrees and sunny, by the way. The current forecast uh, for Saturday's game against Fresno State. We need to have him write reviews for the show. He was fantastic. Big, like I big, said, he'll, we'll bring big, him back on the show anytime. fan of BYU Sports Nation helping him prepare. Look at that. Adding to our Sirius XM channel 143 <laughs> demographic every day at noon Eastern. Thank you very much, Paul Leffler. I, I thought it was interesting uh, that he brought up the fact that Tanner Mangum. Okay, so a lot of guys are like, yeah, Tanner Mangum's a great quarterback. But he's he had been following Taysom Hill so closely. So what Tanner has done to that guy matters that much more. He's he's tapped into the depth that BYU has shown at quarterback. Anybody that has paid attention to the situation Tanner was put in when he came in and subsequently what he's done since knows exactly how remarkable it is to see that on the football field. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we refresh today's BYUSN headlines and quarterback's coach at BYU, Jason Beck, joins us. Always good to talk to him. How do his different quarterbacks handle a loss? Taysom, Tanner. Plus, how did the Cougars get better against Fresno? Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up Thursday on BYU TV, the 12th-ranked BYU women's volleyball team will be hosting Santa Clara at the Smith Fieldhouse. You can stop by and see National Player of the Week Alexa Gray in action. That game on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern time. BYU lost at Santa Clara. Yes. They control their own destiny when the Broncos come to the Smith Fieldhouse. Just saying. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. After appealing... To the football officials governing body, CFO West, BYU senior linebacker Sai Tautu will be suspended for the first half of this week's game against Fresno State, despite the fact that the review revealed that the initial call was incorrect. Makes complete sense. <laughs> Total sense. Lene Lesatele will get the start <laughs> at linebacker with Cy out. Yeah. Senior defensive lineman Logan Taele is eligible to return for another season if he wants to. Taele did not play in 2012, allowing for the extra year. Hey, Jason, I, I made a mistake, uh, but uh, I, I can't overturn it. Sorry about that, man. <laughs> but, but you said you made a mistake. Yeah. And you have proof you made a mistake, right? Right. right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? 
I'm going to back down because that makes total sense. (laughs) (laughs) Senior guard Kyle Collinsworth named to the Wooden Award preseason top 50. The Wooden Award given annually to the best player in college basketball. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is one of our good friends, quarterbacks coach at BYU, Jason Beck. Jason, welcome back, man. Hey, great to be on with you guys. Just glad uh, Jerem's not in today. That makes it a lot better experience. <laughs> oh, wow. I love, I love it when I love when shots are taken. Jason Beck now, Dennis Pitta, Brian Logan. Yeah, let's just keep it rolling. Jason, I put in the official plug for you on the show last time you were on to get a raise. Uh, has that come through for you, or do I need to do some more lobbying? Yeah, I haven't heard anything yet. So What in the world, man? Yeah, you All know. Right. Okay, I'll get. I'll let Bronco know. We're supposed to talk to Bronco on Friday, so I'll uh, I'll follow up on that. Hey, as you look at the Missouri game, and I know we're spinning it forward to Fresno State, but there are always teaching moments that you have with your quarterbacks. So, what was the number one item on the agenda when you started the teaching moments with your quarterback Tanner Mangum after Missouri? You know, the biggest thing uh, we talked about was when we have those type of games is is coming out decisive and coming out really sharp. I just felt um, as an offense and at the quarterback spot, we were just a little indecisive. We were a little hesitant, um, whether that was to see how we matched up with them or, you know, just kind of in a different venue, um, whatever it may be. But instead, we just got to come out firing um, aggressive um, and look to – to start fast right out of the gates and really bring the fight to those guys instead of kind of filling our way into it. And so that first series, you know, that's I kind of felt that was the case. Missed a couple reads and throws that we could make to get an early, you know, uh, first down conversion, move the chains and get into a flow on offense. And it kind of took us a while to get going. Um, so that was, was one. And then there's always the X's and O's and the reads and those things that, that we work on any every week. But it was just more that mindset and that mentality of starting really hard and aggressive against a good opponent. Jason, I'm fascinated with the psychology of sports and how different players handle different situations. Specifically Tanner, but also these quarterbacks in general. How do they handle a loss? Um, it's really hard. You know, it's really devastating. You put so much into it. Um, and to be so close and, and have it escape is just, you know, it's hard, heartbreaking for these guys. Um, so after the game, uh, you know, it's really somber. Everybody's just looking back over every little thing that could have been done differently to to have changed the outcome. Um, and so for me, I try to just break it down to, hey, we got to focus on the things we can learn from, um, make those corrections to be a better player going forward. Uh, but, it, it, you know, and then when you get back to work on Monday's practice, you're it, the guys still kind of have that hangover effect of being devastated by that loss, and you got to try to get it out of them and just get back to work and focus on the next opponent. But, uh, yeah, these guys, I mean, they take it really hard because they put a lot into it, and so it, it hurts when you lose. Follow him at Coach underscore Beck7 on the Twitter machine. Jason Beck, former BYU quarterback and now quarterback's coach with us on BYU Sports Nation. We've been talking about depth today, Jason, and I look at BYU 7-3, and three, the number of injuries and suspensions that the Cougars have gone through, and I just I can't use depth as this excuse or this crutch. I think BYU doesn't get enough props right now for the depth that they do have on the field. I think the teams that don't have depth aren't 7-3. and three. How do you see that scenario? You, um, you know, it is 
you know, this is my third year here. I'd say our depth is better than it was my first year. Because um, if we lost some key guys, it hurt us uh, more. Right now, the feeling is, to me personally, that we have depth at certain positions. Um, but then at other spots, you know, if if we lost the guy, it's going to be a big drop-off. Um, but that's everywhere. I mean, everybody has, you know, guys are a backup for a reason. And uh, so when something happens, there's going to be a little drop-off, whether it's talent or whether it's experience, you know, with it being a, a younger player. Um, you know, when you look at the quarterback spot, obviously, Taysom was very talented, but he was also experienced. And so when Tanner got in there, he is also very talented, which is a great thing for us. But it's the experience that uh, that has been more of the learning curve um, this season than, than if Taysom was healthy. So, you know, it's a little bit of both. I think it's a, a positive that we have some good quality um backup players that, you know, they've got their opportunity to play, they've stepped up, they've performed well, and you've seen that this season with the success we've had. But at the same time, um, um, you know, when you have those injuries, uh, you're not going to be as good overall of a team as, as you could have been if you did stay healthy. And oftentimes the teams that make the run at the championships um, stay healthy. The guy at Missouri was kind of telling me that when I was talking with him. You know, he felt really the only difference between the SEC East champions the last two years and, and the losses they've had this year is they stayed healthy those first yeah. couple of years. Yep. And they've had more injuries this year. Not just specifically because of what happened this year, but in general because of the physicality of of this game. At the quarterback position, is it almost a necessity that you need to have two starters in order to be successful? Well, uh, you know, chances are you're always at one play away. And when you look across college football or the NFL, um, you know, there's a lot of the backups that are playing because you're just one snap away from, from that being the situation. Um, so that's always best. You know, it's always a much better situation if you have a, a you know, a couple, two, three really talented players. Um, but, you know, you just hope, you hope you're fortunate and, and uh, your, your best guys stay healthy and can play and do well. Jason Beck with us on BYU Sports Nation. Without knowing the future for Taysom Hill, what kind of legacy and lasting impression will he leave with you at BYU? You know, for me, um, Taysom, every game we lined up and played, he was, he was the best player on the field. I mean, he was just um, a special player that doesn't come around too often with his skill set. Um, you know, BYU hasn't had a guy like that in quite a while you know, playing quarterback. And so, to me, he's he's a very unique player, a very special player, um, a guy that doesn't come around too often. And, you know, it was great, uh, great coaching him. Still hoping there's a chance uh, he'll be back next year. Um, and we'll see what happens uh, with that. But the other part of it was just his leadership and, and kind of his presence and impact on our team. Um, you know, he, he's just a natural um just leader guys guys really believe in him follow him um he's always you know carrying himself with great uh, confidence that he'll get the job done and uh, that was a, a big learning curve for us last year when he went down um you know we felt capable with Stu coming in but there uh, from a leadership perspective our team uh, wasn't ready for that adjustment and it took us a while um for everybody to step up as a program to to fill that um that void that was left 
just from his leadership and kind of his presence and, and impact on the team. You've gone through senior day both as a player and as a coach. How emotional of a day is it as both? Um, you know, it is really emotional. You try to just put it away and not worry about it until it's that, you know, the time after the uh, – after the game, but there's no way to keep from reflecting, you know, as you take the field and at times during the game that this is the last time, you know, you'll be playing in front of the fans at BYU in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You know, that's it. Your time's done. And so um, whenever that thought enters in, you know, it's going to bring up quite a few uh, uh, emotions because it is such a, you know, this is what these guys you know, train for and work so hard for. They invest uh, a significant amount of their time and energy into playing football um, and representing BYU. And so um, it's a really emotional uh, day for them, as well as that last game, you know, that that bowl game. That, that For a lot of times, it's the last guy, time guys go on the field. And so it's a really emotional time for for the players, for the coaches, and for the teammates, you know, who, who train and practice and, and go to battle with those guys every day. So, um, you know, you want to enjoy it, you want to take it in, make the most of it, um, but at the same time focus on, on the work at hand and, and playing hard and playing well. Jason, do you know where your senior blanket is right this very second? <laughs> you know, I could not tell you. <laughs> um, well, I, I did for a few years over there. We kept it around, and then I, don't, I haven't seen it in a few years, so I have no idea. Okay, See, I've got to assume that's like the perfect nap blanket. Uh, you know, the one side of it's really comfortable, <laughs> but it's awkwardly small. <laughs> so, you know, if I have a blanket, I at least want to cover. You know, big enough to to cover most of of myself. But sure, sure. Not the case with that one. Maybe for the kids right now, right? Yeah, exactly. Just lay it out and let them roll around. So, <laughs> Hey, Bronco, can we get a not awkwardly small blanket? <laughs> really good stuff. Hey, Jason, always good to talk to you, man. Hey, great to be on and, and talking with you guys. Jason Beck on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. <laughs> I love the insight. The and I don't want to call it unfiltered, but I kind of feel like it is. Like, he tells us. So much. He's so real to the situation. A lot of coaches aren't that way. I, I thought it was great when he was talking about how he didn't use the word devastating, but I mean, I think you can kind of look at it that way, how these quarterbacks handle these losses. Anything that you prepare for, that you want so bad, and you put in the time and effort when it doesn't go your way, that's deflating. And I thought it was, I thought it was interesting how he said these guys take it really, really hard. And even on a Monday, you're still fighting some of those feelings. Hey, you know what? I just want to go ahead and say that having two really good quarterbacks in your arsenal is a good problem to have. You heard him say, yeah. we're hoping there's a chance Taysom Hill will come back next year. Hmm. Uh, okay, up next, big deal, no deal. Corbin Capusi, the leading scorer against Long Beach State. What do you think? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard live from Studio Bizzle. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV 
starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Speaking of rebroadcasts, coming up immediately following BYU Sports Nation today, it is an encore presentation of this week's Inside BYU Football. It's coming up at the top of the hour. Another great episode. If you missed it, here's another chance for you to check it out. It's time we go to the well and play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. If you're new to the program, here's how it works. We throw out a scenario, usually featuring... BYU sports or pop culture, and we decide if it's a big deal or no deal. Number one. Big deal, no deal. The CFO West cannot overturn the Saitao 2 suspension despite ruling in his favor. Jason, you do the honors. Yes, it's a big deal. What are you there for if you can't make changes? If you've gone in and looked at the film and you realize that a mistake was made, I don't care if it was upheld on the field. You're the governing body. Govern! That's your job! It's ridiculous, yes. So in that instance, it is a big deal, but I'm going to say no deal because BYU is playing Fresno State. So Saitao to not playing a half, I don't think it will have an effect on the game, but goodness, yes. If you're in a governing body, what are you doing? Why? Why have a governing body? It's like like plays in the NFL that are non-reviewable. Well, well, why aren't they? (laughs) If we can review other things, just review it all. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU's offense has rushed for only 82 yards in the last two games combined. I think it's a big deal. BYU, and we've seen this, BYU's offense, BYU's offense is good even without the running game. But when you add the rushing attack, it opens up so much. And that's one of those things that will help sustain those drives, add more plays that we didn't see in the Missouri game. I'm going to say no deal for now. I'll say it's a big deal if BYU can't run the rock against Fresno State. San Jose State, I'm giving them a pass. They had one starter on the offensive line. Missouri, it was an elite defense, and BYU only had the ball for 20 minutes. So I'm not hitting the panic button yet. If BYU can't run the ball against Fresno State, then yes. Then it really becomes a big deal to me. Number three. Big deal, no deal. BYU has used 10 different starters along the offensive line. I'm going first here. I say this is a big deal because our whole topic today has been depth. The one area that BYU has shown signs of weakness in depth is on the offensive line as it was manifested against San Jose State. When you have to use that many guys, the continuity is not there. It's just tough. It's tough for coaches to deal with a bunch of new-look lineups. And so... Yeah, yeah, that's that's tough, and I'm I'm hoping, and I think all BYU fans are hoping that BYU can put out what they had the majority of the season with that original starting five. Yeah, I'm going to continue my streak saying big deal. It is a big deal for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, but but also not just what the coaches can put out there, but it's continuity on the field. It's it's other guys knowing who else is going to be there and building that chemistry. So yeah, it's a big deal. Number four. Big deal, no deal. Corbin Kafusi leading BYU in points versus Long Beach State. I say this is a big deal because how many times did a post player lead BYU in scoring last year or even the year before that? It just does not happen. So to see him make some moves and have a guy like Brad Doherty who played in the NBA talk about Corbin positively like that, yeah, I say it is a big deal that Corbin led the team because they now have that much more presence in the post. I want to say big deal, but I, I'm looking at it from a from a different angle. I'm going to say no deal, but the reason I'm saying no deal is because I think there are a lot of people that look at the 17 and 10, and they look at that as a negative. Well, 
Look at look at the, the inability of the guards to be able to play. Look, Corbin Kafusi was your leading scorer. People are kind of looking at it as, as somewhat of a negative, and I don't look at it that way. I, I think it's a situation where this team has a lot of talent on it, and any given night, somebody besides a guard could go off. How about that? Brady Industries, the sponsor of Big Deal No Deal Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Our Twitter question today, how much of a concern is the depth for BYU football right now at COT underscore BYU football says... With the offensive line, very much so. Two weeks in a row where our running game has not even been close to phenomenal. Again, I say to my opinion, I, I run the ball against Fresno State, and I think BYU is just fine. Up next, put a cap on this show with the whip. whip. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Time to whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. After appealing to the football officials governing body, that being CFO West, BYU senior linebacker Cy Tautu will be suspended for the first half of this week's game against Fresno State, despite the fact that the review revealed that the initial call was incorrect. Lenny Lissatele will get the start in his place. Senior defensive lineman Logan Taele is eligible to return for another season if he wants to. Taele did not play in 2012, allowing for the extra year. Men's basketball. Senior guard Kyle Collinsworth was named to the Wooden Award preseason top 50 yesterday. The Wooden Award is given annually to college basketball's best player. Also, early bracketology. Never too early. There we go. From ESPN's Joe Lenardi has BYU slated as the fifth team out. Dang you, Lenardi, of the tournament. Does this face look concerned? You want the hat? I wore the hat Does for you last week. this face look concerned? Single digit seed is still on. People stop. It's one game early. Volleyball. Alexa Gray was named the Sports Imports ABCA National Player of the Week after leading the BYU women to a 2-0 road trip with 30 kills and 32 digs in a game against Portland. Jimmer. The Jimmer saw 40 seconds of action on the floor, recorded no stats in last night's loss to the Nuggets. Pelicans in action tonight against the Thunder on ESPN at 8 p.m. Eastern. Pelicans are one Soccer. Cougar women travel to Palo Alto today to face off with Stanford in the second round of the NCAA tournament game tomorrow on Pac-12.com, 10 p.m. Eastern. Try and get some revenge in advance to the Sweet 16. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need most DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to Alexa Gray. As we just mentioned, 32 digs and 30 kills in one match. Well deserved. Never happened in a BYU match before. Our Twitter question today, how much of a concern is the depth for BYU football right now? The elite tweet of the day comes from at BigYFan. The depth is very good, in my opinion. Losing Taysom and Jamal and still having a chance for 10 wins is amazing. Hey, good you stuff. lose powerhouse players like that and you're still in that position, yeah, yeah, things are good. Thanks to Jason Beck and Paul Leffler and Jason Shepard. Show on demand on BYUSN.com. For Jason, I am Spencer. We'll see you tomorrow.